We're doing all that we can do, and yet we're uh, <coughs> obviously know that we can't do it all, and so we're um, uh, doing our best to try to uh, keep ahead of the game there by uh, and be good stewards in this hour. But uh, we appreciate your giving, your faithfulness, <coughs> and I am um, going to talk about delighting in in God. And um, I uh, must confess, uh, High Life is not in here, and it would have been all right if they would. I would, I would be honest about where my mind has gone. Uh, but uh, of course, uh, for the last uh, couple of years, um, Caitlin and David have um, communicated re very regularly, maybe once a day and many times because of where he was working. Uh, he was where only he could text or something and, and they, they've been, um, you know, communicating for a long time. Of course he came and um, proposed and they set a date and he had to go back. And um, if you could imagine in your own mind exponentially the amount of time they communicate has exploded. We were without the internet for six days and there was weeping and wailing and gnashing of teeth. Not really, but almost. <clears throat> and it's um, a long time and they are able to FaceTime or where they can see each other and I'll see her sitting on the couch and she's got this big grin on her face and she's got her phone up here and I don't have to say, who are you talking to? It becomes evident who she's talking to, and it goes on for hours. <clears throat> on Father's Day, she told me, now David said that since it's Father's Day, I should spend some time with you, so tell me when we're finished. <laughs> so I can call him up. I said, it's okay, we're finished. Now, I went through Sheena and her courtship and she was just as in love or the same or whatever with David Post, but they were both here and so they could see each other. And so it was somewhat different. This has been just like, I'm seeing that. And I know they're planning on a wedding and they're doing a reception and like thing there and sort of a half ceremony or whatever after this ceremony. And so I know I don't want to throw her under the bus. There's so much to talk about and there's so much to be said and I get it, I get it, I get it. <clears throat> but it began to dawn on me we are supposed to be the bride? And 
if we look at the signs of the time and we think his coming is soon, do we delight in the Lord? Or are we allowing ourselves to get distracted by inflation and gas prices and problems and shootings and all those are serious issues? Or are we delighting in him that, oh, I want to see him? Huh? So... I just thought I would talk about delighting in the Lord and how do you delight in the Lord? Psalms, the 27th chapter and the fourth verse. David said it like this, one thing have I desired of the Lord. One thing, and that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to FaceTime the beauty, I mean to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. If the house of the Lord was that place where we get a you know, telephone to glory, oh, what love divine. And I know you don't have to come to church to pray and you don't have to come to church to worship. But if we say, I, one thing have I desired and that will I seek after that I may dwell in the house to behold. So this earnestly, he said, one thing, one thing have I desired, one thing. That's what I'm earnestly seeking after, one thing. And I would say that um, this behavior that has persisted in the last few weeks after he went back has been just that one thing. And let's see, it's 7.21 now, it's 9.30 in the morning. Let me see if I can get out. Huh? One thing. You say, oh, pastor, you know, that's, they're in love. You've got to inspect it. But aren't we supposed to be? And isn't it easy? And this wasn't the only place that David said that. Psalms, the 63rd chapter. He said something very similar, starting out that chapter. He said, oh God, thou art my God. Early will I seek thee. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh longs for you. In a dry and thirsty land where no water is, to see thy power and thy, what's the word? Glory. I want to see the glory of God so as I have seen thee in the sanctuary. Now, just so you know, David was not a high priest. So David could not go into the Holy of Holies. David did not go in there. We know later Hezekiah did. So it was just that he could go and, and 
whatever he saw, the beauty, uh, he didn't have the Holy Ghost, he hadn't been baptized in Jesus' name, but just to see the glory of God. And so, this kind of branches from delight, from earnestly seeking now, to bringing glory or to see the glory. Verse 3, because thy loving kindness is better than life, my lips shall praise thee. Thus will I bless thee while I live. I will lift up my hands in thy name. And so, you know, I know you say, why are you so emotional? Why is your church get so excited whenever the Holy Ghost begins to move and people begin to clap their hands and raise their hands and what's with all of that because it feels glorious we feel the glory of God and it's like I desire that I want that glory and David said I want to feel that see that all the time and he didn't have the Holy Ghost Another place, and you all could quote it, he said, as the deer or the heart pants after the water brooks, Psalms 42, so panteth my soul after thee, O God. Oh, my soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? Now you say, well, David was a psalmist. He wrote those beautiful songs and you sang a song, you know, oh, I want to see him, but that's not how everybody felt. I'm here to tell you that I could go through hundreds of verses. Isaiah, who wrote about the coming judgment. And Isaiah, the 26th chapter says, in the way of thy judgments, O Lord, we have waited for thee. The desire of our soul is to thy name and to the remembrance of thee. With my soul have I desired thee in the night. Yea, with my spirit within me will I seek thee early. For when thy judgments are in the earth, then Notice what he said. He said, judgment is coming. Judgment is coming. And when that happens, somehow the world is going to learn the righteousness of God. Isn't that amazing? That you say, well, I, you know, the Lord's on his way. The Lord's coming. I agree with you. And one of these days, every knee shall bow. You know, right now, it's this one's fault, it's that one's fault. But Isaiah was saying, you know what? At some point, God's going to get the credit. Verse 10, he said, let the favor be showed to the wicked, yet will he not learn righteousness? In the land of the uprightness, will he do unjustly and will not, what? Behold, 
the majesty of the Lord. In other words, in this hour, if we really believe we're living in the last hour, I, I brought Richard and Eudora to church tonight. He said, I think we're living in the last days. I said, I agree with you. Talked to Richard Lacey today, this morning. Think we're living in the last days. I agree with you. Go around town, you talk to people, what do they say? Most people realize something's coming, something's up. But guess what? Are we going to get mad, get frustrated, get angry? Or are we going to start delighting in the Lord? Oh, I'm so excited, Lord. You could be coming. Oh, we're planning on doing, we're planning on doing work. We're planning on doing all we can till he comes. But Lord, come on. It's exciting. This is the greatest hour. You say, well, the wicked are not learning anything. Probably not. But guess what? The Lord's still on his way. And so you say, well, how, you know, how can I bring glory to God? And we know what the angel said. Remember what the angel said when Jesus was born? Glory to God in the highest and on earth, what? Peace, goodwill toward men. David said, be thou exalted, O God, above the heavens and thy glory above all the earth. What are you saying? God is going to get glory out of all of this, folks. I know we can blame this and we can blame that. I, I didn't have internet from, got it back yesterday evening. Had four billion and three emails. Missed all the rotten news. And you know what? It's all right. I sorry, sorry people couldn't contact me, but you know, it's just like, okay. Sorry, I tried to tell everybody. I was on the phone for four hours and 18 minutes yesterday with my phone company. At that point, she asked me a real goofy question. And I kept my peace. She asked me if I had it on airplane mode. I said, after four hours and eight, no, I didn't. I bit my tongue on airplane mode. I was like, I've been on here talking to you and you've been checking things for four hours and 18 minutes and now you want to know if there's a switch on my phone? But I, I didn't say anything. I was good. Then she asked me a follow-up goofy question and I didn't, 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 didn't do good. 
She said, are there trees around where you live? I wasn't mean, but I said, yes, there are, but they didn't grow from Wednesday to Thursday. They've been there a long time, and I don't think that's what's doing this. And then finally she said, well, we use spectrum fiber towers, and that's why if they're down, we're down. And I was like, okay, well, we could have just solved that now, four hours and 18 minutes ago, and not gone through four or five different people. But <laughs> I, I did my best. I asked Brother Richard, I saw him that Lacey that night, and I said, did you pray for me? Because I needed it today. How do you give glory to the Lord in this hour? You know, I probably shouldn't have told her that the trees didn't grow overnight. I should have just said, yes, that might be the cause. But anyway, hallelujah. Jesus told him in the Sermon on the Mount, let your light shine before men that they may see your good works and... Oh, have I failed at that one. I don't know that they've looked at me and gone, wow, there's something so amazing about you. If she could have stopped at four hours and 17 minutes, she wouldn't have heard that the trees didn't grow overnight. I was great for the first four hours and 17 minutes. What are you saying? Part of what we're to do in this hour is to show the rest of the world that is griping about the gas, griping about inflation, griping about food, griping, you know what? But the Lord is good. The Lord is great. I just feel like something great is going to happen. God may be coming back. You want to shock the fire out of somebody. Just say something great about the Lord. You know, you say, well, oh, but you, you my delight is in whom? Oh, I want to see him. Paul picked up on this and he told the Corinthian church. And if you read about the Corinthian church, they were having church problems. There were people, they were jealous of one another. Some would sit with one, some would sit with another. Some said, oh, this is the best preacher. I'm a Apollos. Some would say, I'm a Cephas. Some, you talk about a church that was fighting with itself. They didn't just have three sections to sit in. I mean, they were going to meals and they were not going to share. And they were, I mean, read it. And what does Paul say? Whether you eat 
or drink or whatever you do, do it all, what? For the glory. You say, but they've offended me. They've said something. They did. Guess what? Paul, keep talking to us. Give none offense. Don't offend the Jews. Don't offend the Gentiles. Don't offend the church. <clears throat> Even as I please all men and all things, not seeking my own profit, but the profit of many, that they may be saved. Do you know what they said about you? Do you know how they did? Do you know what? <coughs> I can't believe they didn't act like, oh God, help us not to do that. Fall prey to that in this hour. Why? Because people are on tender hooks. People are on the edge, folks. They're stressed. I can't believe, oh, they... Paul said, look, I know y'all are fighting amongst yourself, but please, would you just remember that you're here to do everything, whether you eat or drink, it's all to bring glory to God. Oh, at the second book of Corinthians, he said, he died for all that they which live should henceforth not live unto whom? Well, I don't want to do that. Is this hard? Yes. Maybe you can last four hours and 20 minutes. <laughs> but it's like, if the enemy can do anything to keep my mind off of how good God is. To delight in the Lord. Oh, I, can, I can't wait till Wednesday night. I can't wait till Sunday morning. I can't wait to be in the house of the Lord. Oh, like a deer pants for the water brook. So I want to, oh, I want to be there. Oh, I'm so, oh, it's Wednesday again for the love of God. Pastor will probably be looking for where I am. I, oh, and it was so hot today. I could clean my garage. Uh, huh? Is my delight? <laughs> and I know I'm preaching to the choir because all of you are here. I get it. So all those others, you know, they're in camp, other places, all of that. But we are not living, not my will, but thine be done. You know, all the way back when Nehemiah was rebuilding the temple, and, and it was sad. We're not rebuilding the church, but, you know, the former house and how beautiful it was. People had come back from captivity, and when they were overcome, they had to, they had to work with one hand on a sword and one hand on a trowel, and... They were, oh Lord, they were, they were doing their best to hang on and 
And they were, you know, uh, you know, people were coming up, making fun of them and hollering at them. Is that a wall? Y'all, a fox could knock that down. Y'all are pitiful. And, you know, that was going on. And Nehemiah told him, he said, look, it's time to worship the Lord. One place he talked about, eat the fat. We're going to celebrate. We're going to worship. And our services ought to be more praiseful, worshipful, the closer the coming of the Lord. Why? Because if you're living where I'm living and seeing all the, you know, what's going on, I can't wait to get into the house of the Lord. Nehemiah said, the Levites, Jeshua, and he goes through all of them. He said, stand up, bless the Lord your God forever and ever. Why? Because they were sad, they were beat down, and I know nobody's ever felt like that. Whether it's health issues or this problem or that problem. He said, stand up, bless the Lord forever and ever. Blessed be thy glorious name which is exalted above all blessing and praise. Thou, even thou, art Lord alone. You made heaven, heaven of heavens, the hosts, the earth, all the things that are therein, the seas, all that is in therein. You preserve them all. The host of heaven worshipeth thee. Now, what's going on in heaven right now? Are the hosts of heaven worshiping? Holy, holy. And when the bride comes, Oh, God, we barely made it. If you think that's how a bride reacts, <clears throat> ask Caitlin if you can ride in her trunk to the airport. Huh? It's not. Oh, are you kidding me? Huh? That's why David said in Psalms 86 chapter, I will praise thee, O Lord my God, with all my heart, and I will glorify thy name forevermore. Paul wrote to Timothy, he said, to the king, eternal, immortal, invisible, the only wise God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Jude said, to the only wise God, our Savior, be glory and majesty and dominion and power, both now and forever. What are you saying? I'm saying the more 
we see the signs and it seems like the world is on fire, the more we need to glorify God and we need to say, Lord, we're here to worship you. This is the great day the Lord has made. This could be the day he comes again. Oh, but you don't know I've got this problem and that problem and I've got... And, I, and if that's not the tr biggest trick of the enemy... To keep our focus off of delighting in the Lord. Just delighting in Him. And I do believe that people watch. And, and family, whatever, people that we know, they watch what's going on. Paul told the church at Rome, he said, you... The Jews, he said, you make a boast of the law. Through breaking the law, you dishonor God. How do we dishonor God? For the name of God is blasphemed among the Gentiles through you. He said, you Jews that have the law, you are... We ought to be the ones to show the world. Wow, you're not, you're not griping about everything. And we say, well, it doesn't high price of gas bother you? Sure. Doesn't this? Yes, absolutely. But guess what? This world is not my home. I'm passing through. My treasure is somewhere else, beyond the blue. Say, but don't you feel, yes, I feel all of those things, but guess what? The bridegroom's coming. Huh? It's coming, he's coming. You can read what Paul wrote to Titus in the second chapter. And, and I, you don't need to put any of those verses up there. But it starts verse 1 all the way through verse 14. And he tells women how to behave. He tells men how to behave. He tells people, dads. He tells servants, slaves. He tells employers. He says all these things. You need to act like this. You need to do this. You need to do this. You know why? So that, you know what he's saying through there? So that the word of God be not blasphemed. So that they may adorn the doctrine of our God. That we are looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior Jesus Christ. That's verse 13. You can put that one up. Sorry. Go on down. After going through, why do you act the way you're acting? Because we are looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior Jesus Christ. Verse 14, who gave himself for us that he might redeem us from all unrighteousness, all iniquity, all and purify himself unto a peculiar people zealous of good works. So what's going on? 
My hope is not on the elections of 22 or the elections of 24 or 28 or 32 or whatever. My hope is built on nothing less. He's coming again. I don't know if we'll make it to the elections of 22 or of 24. He goes on and he said the angels are saying right now around in heaven, amen, blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and might be to our God forever and ever. Now if they're saying all of that, why are they going to step aside for people that come in saying, Lord, this has been tough. You don't know how hard it's been. And the angels are going to do what? Step aside for us. That's why when we come here, we're, we're practicing a little bit of worship. Philippians, he was in jail. He was telling them all about joy and in his bonds. It's, uh, Paul said, I pray that your love may abound yet more and more in knowledge and all judgment. And all of a sudden you have more and more love. I'm going to just be honest with you. Probably the world is feeling the absence of love. More and more people are stressed out. Paul is praying for the opposite for us. Why? We're supposed to have more and more love. That you approve all things that are excellent. Be sincere without offense. Till the day of Christ. Being filled with the fruits of righteousness. Which are by Jesus. Unto the glory and Sometimes when they shake my tree, love, joy, and peace doesn't fall off. I'm not all filled with all the fruit of righteousness. Huh? Just telling you. That's why, oh Lord, Simon said, if any man speak, let him speak as the oracles of God. If any man minister, let him do it of the ability which God gives, that God in all things may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom be praise and dominion forever and ever. David said, not unto us, O Lord, not unto us, but unto thy name give glory for thy mercy and for thy truth's sake. What are you saying? I, whatsoever you do in word or deed, do all for what? The glory of God. Old Testament, my last verse, I'm through. Go have a piece of cake. Habakkuk said, the earth shall be filled with the knowledge of the glory of of the Lord 
as the waters cover the sea. You know what? I don't know. The Lord may come this summer. He may not come for another five summers. I mean, we're all shocked that it's where it is right now. But if there was ever an edict, ever a command, ever a charge for us, it's to delight in the Lord and give Him glory. And I'm going to be candid with you. A lot of times it's hard to do. Just after, you know, fill your car up, somebody gets mad at you, whatever. After four hours and 18 minutes, they ask you if you live around any trees. And you just go, enough. So, anyway, but you know what? Hallelujah. My daughter's been teaching me an object lesson of delighting in her groom. Now maybe none of y'all did that. Of course those were, you know, when you wrote letters or you had phone calls. I knew a lady one time that would get her school book out and sit by the phone so that it, her boyfriend would call. She could say, I'm just reading. Good to have you here, Sister Showstrand. Sorry, that might have been you. Hallelujah. Let's stand. Hallelujah.